1: It is the APC podcast here at AcmePackingCompany.com, part of SB Nation and Vox Media. And uh, hey, wouldn't you know it, in times past, there wouldn't be such a thing as a legal tampering period emergency podcast. But the Gutekunst era is well underway. And here we are uh, a day or so before free agency starts as we record this. And there is need, need to disseminate news. Oh, my God. I never thought it would happen. But it's happened. And we are here, dear listeners, to talk it through with you. I am Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport. Follow the show at the APC pod on Twitter. And I am joined. uh, I'm in Albuquerque and I'm joined by Ben Foldy rocking it in uh, in the New York studio uh, with Amber Watson engineering as well. Thank you, Amber. Hey, Ben, how are you?
2: Uh, I'm good at the at the Craig Newmark School of Journalism at the City University of New York. And that's my Daryl Roval shout out. And uh, yeah, I'm all right. I'm tired. But other than that, I'm I'm excited by a bunch of uh, signings that I never thought I'd get a chance to talk about vis-a-vis the Packers.
1: I'm excited too, man. And I'm also excited to be joined uh, by our fearless leader Evan Tex Western, our corporate overlord at AcmePackingCompany.com, dot com, joins us to help us break down all the crazy news from today. Tex, how are you,
3: man? I I can't remember a day like this in free agency ever. Um, they, they just the, the the news just kept coming, you know, one thing after another over the span of about two hours this morning, and uh, yeah, I'm amped up. I'm excited.
2: I don't really know how to feel like I I, I feel (laughs) these are feelings that I don't know how to to reckon with so far.
1: Yeah, it's a strange new world, huh?
2: (laughs) I mean, even I feel like even if I weren't a Packers fan, they're an interesting kind of signing, right? Like they're not they're not the biggest names, but they're really good team fits and they're really team friendly deals. And they're really I mean, they're all pretty young, right? Like nobody's on the wrong side of. 27 even, I don't think.
1: You're always talking about the right side and the wrong side of age. That's a real sticking point with you. But Well,
2: I mean, it's like a cliff.
1: That is true. For for most people, that is definitely true. Why don't we, Ben, as you alluded to, just sort of get right into it and and break down sort of uh, the names, the numbers, the fit. Texas uh, graciously offered to, to join and help walk us through some of this as well. So before we get into... Uh, this. It is important to remind everyone that because NFL contracts are not fully guaranteed, you know, try not to get too hung up on sort of the big total number that you hear. A lot of the back-end numbers are kind of essentially funny money, as friend of show Justice Mosqueda likes to say. But with that, we're going to start with Smith and Smith. We'll get, we'll get the Smiths uh, out of the way here and start with former Ravens pass rusher Zadarius Smith. Firstly, uh, I will give props to Packer Ranter on Twitter for being the first to announce it as the dawning of the age of Zedarius, but uh, this is the of the age of- we here at the APC Podcast do have legal claim to that joke, and so we, we do plan to, to beat that into the ground. But anyway... <laughs> I'm actually,
2: I'm really glad that that's caught on, just as, like, a general touchstone of Packers fandom. I'm also glad that, that we can continue it. Like, it, it really breaks my heart when we don't have an Arius to celebrate.
1: Well... We we got a good one here. It's a 4-year deal worth 66 uh million dollars reportedly. Uh Smith is 26 years old. Uh, was a 4th round pick by the Ravens in 2015. So, Tex, let's start with you. You know, this was a name I think on a lot of fans wish list. Can you can you tell us why? Like what's to like here?
3: Yeah, there really is a lot to like here. And and first, I think we'll I'll start with the connections and why this this signing made sense and why it should have been something that we should have seen coming. Um, I think it was Sunday night, Peter King of pro football talk uh, published a little blurb about the fact that the Packers apparently had tried to trade for Zadarius Smith sometime in the last couple of years. So he was clearly on their radar already. Um, But then you also have the fact that Ravens scout, Milt Hendrickson came over into the Packers front office this year. Um, And certainly he's got some familiarity with Smith uh, would have been in the front office when Smith was drafted. I think that plays a little bit in here too, but but when you talk about a player and, and a scheme fit, um, I, I don't think there's a, a a better fit for the Packers in free agency than this guy because he's a he's a stand-up outside linebacker on your base downs. He's also big enough and got the versatility to drop inside as an interior rusher on passing downs. So you can get him. You can get power uh, factor on the field. You can get Reggie Gilbert. You can get all these pass rushers on the field um in in different ways and i think mike cutten is really going to have a lot of fun uh getting all these different pass rushers on the field on third downs and really turn up that pass rush uh when when he gets the other team in long down and distance situations
2: yeah i mean i think this is this is one of those like i i agree with with Tex. it's just a perfect fit leading coming up to today all the talk was d ford and justin houston and all that and uh And I I think this, this might actually be a, it's a better fit at a better price than, than either of those guys would have been is my sense.
3: Yeah. I'd say one thing on the price. Um, I I did actually think he would sign wherever he ended up for a little bit less money than he got in green Bay. Um, I think it's sitting at about $16 million a year or so um, on the contract. And that, that actually surprised me a little bit that it was that high, but um, as we'll see, is going to be a trend with all of these contracts that the, the Packers agreed to today. Um, they they gave themselves a lot of flexibility in how they handle this moving forward in the next four years. Um, it looks like they're probably going to have a pretty low cap hit in year one, uh, so they they reserve a little bit of cap space uh, for this year to to hopefully make a couple more moves on the margins. Um, but then they also looks like they're going to be um, giving themselves some some easy outs towards the end of these deals, 2021, 2022, uh, down the road. And, and so um, if any of these guys don't live up to their contracts, um, as you mentioned, with the funny money, um, it looks like the Packers are going to be able to get out from from under these deals, including Zadari Smiths, um, you know, after two, maybe three years, without too much pain.
1: And uh, Tex, you are, you are too modest to, to promote yourself, so I'll do it for you. But I assume that some of the numbers you're talking about here are available uh, on the article you published today at AcmePackingCompany.com, projecting contract structures and cap hits for the Packers' four free agent signings. Is that right?
3: Yeah, I did. Uh, I took a stab at um, trying to project each of these four contracts. And, and in the, the last couple hours since I, I published that, um, it looks like we got some reported numbers for everybody except Zadarius Smith. So um, I'd like to think I, I, was, I did a pretty good job. Um, I actually overshot the 2019 cap hits for, for all three of the other players. Um, so we've, the Packers actually gave themselves a little bit more flexibility this year than I expected them to. Um, which again, that's, that's kind of nice. And the way they structured the deals helps out, but yeah, check, check that out. It's got, it's got our, um, my projections as well as uh, what we do know about all three of the other players contracts so far, and we'll get to those shortly.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Let's move on then to Preston Smith, uh, the other Smith, another linebacker uh, added to the mix today, this time from Washington, uh, reportedly is going to sign a four-year deal worth upwards of fifty-two million dollars. The twenty-six-year-old uh, Preston was drafted thirty-eighth overall in twenty fifteen by Washington, and uh, in four seasons there accumulated twenty-four and a half sacks and four interceptions. And uh, hey, that's not too shabby, Tex. What do you think about this move?
3: Yeah, you know, Preston was the Smith that I kind of had my eye on early on in the in the the free agency process as being a good fit. Um, And, and he's, he's just as good a run defender as he is a pass rusher, but um, you know, don't let his four sacks in 2018 fool you. He, he was getting to the quarterback with regularity. And um, I think you'll probably end up seeing him. uh, My guess would be on that right side um, opposite the left tackles. And then you'll probably see Zadarius on the left, uh, the left side against right tackles. But, um, you know, both of these guys, they're, they're productive. They're good fits in the scheme. Um, they're both big enough, again, to rush from the inside or, or rush from the outside. And um, you could really use them interchangeably, too. So um, th- this is another good good move. It looks like about $13 million per year. But, again, you've got a real low cap hit in year one. Looks like just about $6 million uh, before it starts escalating in the next couple of years. So, again, um, the Packers giving themselves some, some flexibility both now in 2019, as well as moving forward in the next couple of years with the the way the financials are structured.
2: There was the year that, that Nick Perry started coming on in the playoffs and Dayton Jones kind of turned a corner too. And it seemed like the team was just kind of like, okay, right, one of these guys is going to work out, so we'll sign them both. I like the redundancy element. I like Smith's durability. I don't think he's missed a game in four years, yep. which is pretty, pretty good. I mean, now that I said that, of course, he's gonna miss, you know, the whole season. It's all your fault. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the durability, I like the versatility. Uh Tax alluded to the run, the run stopping, prowess. And I, I think both of these guys fit in to the kind of Mike Patton, somewhat amorphous defensive front and, you know, mix and move parts, right? Like, and I, and I think that with Kenny Clark and, and Mike Daniels kind of providing that push up the middle, I think, I think that these are, these are going to be real, real big ads. You know, I, I, no, no knock on, you know, last year's, you know, great white hype of Kyler Fackrell, but I'm, I'm more excited to see these guys out there than I am to see him. Anyway, I know we'll get a comment about that from some Facrel family member, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm used to it.
1: Sticking with the defensive side of the ball, uh, former Bears safety Adrian Amos got in the mix here in Green Bay. A four-year, $37 million deal, again, reportedly with $12 million guaranteed. Amos is uh, just 25 years old. Uh, a fifth-round pick by the Bears in 2015. Tex, let's start with the player behind those numbers. What do we know about Amos as a player and his potential fit in Mike Pettin's defense?
3: Yeah, Amos is going to be a really interesting player to see where he lines up in Green Bay because he really lined up all over the place for the Bears. Um, free safety, lining up deep. He lined up in the box as well, a little bit of slot. Um, and And again, this is another... I think a great fit for what Mike Patton likes to do. He likes to move his safeties all around the, the field. Um, and, and he likes those interchangeable players who can play in different areas so that uh, again, you can keep the offense guessing. I think Amos fits that, uh, that philosophy to a T um, he, he didn't have as many big splash plays as Eddie Jackson, his counterpart at, at the other safety position in uh, in Chicago. But I think what you see with him is you see a guy who takes good angles to the football, he doesn't miss a whole lot of tackles. Um, he might not make the big splash plays or the big hits, like let's say a certain recently departed uh, Packers safety who, who left for Washington midseason last year, but he gives you the consistency and, um, you know, and the, the just the, the, he makes the smart plays and he, he helps everybody else around him look better. And I think that's that consistency is what the Packers have needed at the safety position for, for several years. And uh, it looks like he's going to provide that, and and he's again another player who um, is consistently available too. He's only missed four games in four years, and so that I think is is also a factor that the factors are probably looking at.
2: I think also this is one of those places where I know Justice Mosqueda talks a lot about how since the CBA has changed that that you know you 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 want to pick up guys who have been in the league a while and you don't have to train them up in a system as much, and because you don't have that OTA, you don't have the uh, practice time that you used to. And I think this is actually a really smart move. And I, I know this is like my my calling card, but like he's twenty five, I think. Like he's a four year yep. veteran. He's on the young side, but he's a four year veteran, uh, durable, a lot of experience and a great defense. Um, this is actually, I think, my favorite signing of the day. I haven't quite decided yet, but that's where I'm leaning towards. I think
3: all told when it comes to the defense with all three of these signings, you really free up yourself if you're Brian Gudekinst. To go best player available in the draft, you don't need yeah. to necessarily lock in on one of these couple of pass rushers at twelve. Um, you don't really need to lock in necessarily a safety at at thirty or forty four. You can maybe wait on those positions if there's, let's say, that that you really value a tight end like T.J. Hawkinson, highly. You know, now you've got the flexibility to go get him at just just pull the trigger on him at twelve um, instead of. Um, you know, feeling like you're pressured to take an impact pass rusher with that first pick. So so setting this up um, down the road for the draft, I think um, these moves are going to have knock-on impacts down the road in the next couple
2: months. Knock on on wood.
1: (laughs) Well, let's switch over from defense to offense, as the Packers did, uh, adding some much-needed help along the offensive line in the form of Billy Turner who was a third-round pick in 2017. He's a little older, 27 years old. Ben, get your hackles up. (laughs) Has spent some time at both tackle and guard for the Dolphins, the Ravens, and most recently the Denver Broncos. Tex, I'm not sure if Turner was a name on the average fan's radar, but uh, can you convince these people why this was a good signing for the Packers?
3: I'll, I'll correct you there he was actually drafted in 2014 and then he bounced around a little bit he's got two years of starting experience one in miami in 2015 at right guard uh one last year in denver at left guard um around that you know in between there he started i think two games in 2016 um got cut a couple times like he said moved moved teams and then in denver in 2017 he landed on injured reserve and missed most of the season so so you're really banking on um, him developing and having this, this one real good year of, of production in 2018. Now, again, the, the financials of this one, it, it looks like a big deal. Um, again, it's, I think about $7 million a year uh, for, again, for a guy who's essentially, you know, started 11 games in the last three seasons. Um, that seems like a shockingly high number. Um but again, they, they left themselves some outs after really after year one, they could get out without too much, uh, too much financial pain. Um, and, and certainly he's, you pencil him in as the starter, right guard. Um, he's also got the ability and the experience to pop out to right tackle. So I think there's some insurance here for Brian Balaga as well. Um, you know, potentially looking at, at, at Turner as. um, you know, some, some additional insurance there, depending on what they do with Jason Spriggs after this year too. So there, there's, there's versatility on the line. Um, and there's some, there's some solid athletic ability there. Um, and again, I, I, I think they're banking on this player being on the upswing, um, after having a real good season last year. Um, and, and you're starting to see as the day goes on too, this is kind of the going rate for some of these, you know, decent, but kind of. Question mark and, and unproven offensive lineman. Um, you know, seven million dollars a year is is about what it takes to get a, a guy like this who can come in and and you think can solidify a starting spot, but at the very least, um, compete and give you versatility.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's the versatility is really the key to the to the signing for me. I think it's a little better. It's I I, I think I f- I would have been okay with a veteran kind of right guard, Jari Evans type signing, but I I think this is probably a similar-ish contract for a longer term with more kind of winning outs. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, let's say Bakhtiari only plays five games next season. You know, you have that insurance built in. You don't have to throw in, uh, you know, a, presumably a, a, a rookie prospect or, you know, Jason Spriggs at right tackle um, while you're hopefully having a better season than the Packers had last season. Um so i i think the the kind of like don Barclay kind of uh you know wild card backup slash fill in wherever like i think that's that's a fine thing to throw money at for the offensive line and and i'm 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 okay with this i I agree that it's the least exciting of the signings um but um i think anybody who watched the offensive line last season has to be excited about some prospect of improvement there so especially guard
1: yeah and it, it really quickly in, in, in defense of my gaffe there, the seven and the four are right next to each other on my keyboard. That's why I said 2017 <laughs> <laughs> instead of 2014. But, uh, Ben, I would have to agree. It is both the, it is both the, the least sexy, uh, of these, uh, legal tampering period signing stay, but as well, just like something that I think was extremely necessary and in, in Texas, you, uh, alluded to uh, earlier, all of these signings, I think put the team in really good shape going into the draft to kind of take best player uh, available. Um, so that wraps up all of the signings from day two of the legal tampering period. There were a few sort of newsworthy nuggets that I wanted to take us out on. and uh, Tex, I'll start with you here. Nick Perry, it looks like he was informed that he will be uh, released. I believe Rob Demosky was the first to report that. Um, was this a surprise to you? What's your take?
3: Not in the slightest. Um, I, I had actually written about this a couple of times over the course of the last couple months. And the, the only part that's surprising to me is that they elected to just release him outright rather than um, cutting him as a post-June 1st release. So the, the, the details there are basically cutting him the way they did. Um, they have to eat about $11 million on the cap this year, but then they're free and clear. Um, so they get about three and a half million dollars of of extra cap space this season, um, as of today. As of Cunningham, um, if they had cut him with that post June 1st designation, they would have saved about ten million dollars on the cap, but they wouldn't actually get to use it until June 2nd, um, and then they would still have a little bit of uh, extra dead money in 2020. So it sounds like they just wanted to to get free and clear, get that little bit of cap relief now, um, and, and in total, it looks like you know we're looking at around. Um you know, $13, $14 million in cap space left over once we have all these signings and the Perry um the Perry release all all in. So that's enough room to make maybe one more notable move. And um I'll 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 see if you guys maybe see where where you think they should go and if um if you if if you can see what my ideal final free agent move would be.
2: Mine is giving Bashad Breland a raise. Bingo! But I don't know. If it, okay, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean yep. that that to me that's like oh you have three and a half extra million dollars lying around like all right give the pay the man pay the man his money.
3: Yep. I I, I think that uh, you know that 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 position quickly turns from a position of strength to a position of um let's say less strength if Brilliant doesn't come back and now with that added cap space with the the way they structure these deals. They've certainly got enough money to bring him back for uh, you know, let's say maybe a two or three year contract sounded like he wanted to come back. Um, you it certainly seemed like he provided a, a great presence in the locker room as well. So, so I think if, if the Packers can land Breland, um, bring him back for 2019, um, given what we've had in these, these first four signings, I think this is, this has got to be a slam dunk for agency yeah. season for the team just as a whole.
2: Yeah. I, I think I agree. Cut, cut some, I won't say dead weight. Cut some weight, and uh, and and really, as far as I can tell, get better on both sides of the ball.
1: None of the weight is dead weight, Ben. You love all your Packers sons.
2: <laughs> I do. I, I none of the weight is even Kyler Fackrell. No. Oh, um. Yeah, Breland is really is really. I think if Breland doesn't sign, I feel a lot more skeptical. Um. Not not to the extent that I'm like worried, but um. I I don't love the idea of having to spend another, you know first or second rounder on corners and we may well do it anyway but um I think it's it's finally getting to be time to replenish other positions with our earliest draft capital um and I'm excited for that I'm, I'm like you know I think this is actually a pretty decent draft to be picking where the Packers are um and to have some some extra picks lined up and uh yeah I'm I'm definitely I'm, I'm into the way that this offseason is shaping up
1: And we will have time in the coming weeks to really dig into all that stuff. But we have one more sort of newsworthy nugget that I thought was worth mentioning. And uh, that is Anthony Barr, uh, famous Vikings player, Anthony Barr, infamous in Packers circles, uh, sort of agreeing in principle to a deal with the Jets and then saying, psych, I'd rather go back to uh, Minnesota. And as I tweeted out earlier today, Barr staying in Minnesota means that many Vikings fans can continue to celebrate what they view as their crowning achievement as a franchise injuring a rival player. So that's cool. Tex, what's your take?
3: <laughs> well, it, it's, it's kind of interesting because some of us have talked about this this off season and, and where Anthony Barr was going to go. And if he would go to a team that would use him more as a pass rusher as, as kind of a three, four outside linebacker, which is what he played in college before he landed in Minnesota. And and obviously, um, that's not what he's going to do in Minnesota. He's going to go back and kind of play that same role on that Zimmer defense that he has been, you know, for the first few years of his career. Um, I think from his perspective, um, you know, the, the money looks like it's it's going to be about the same. So I understand staying where you're comfortable and, and in a role that, you, um, that you're you familiar with. But from the Vikings perspective, it it surprises me that they were willing to up their offer, especially when learning that, um, that the team is going to have to go to Everson Griffin now and ask to restructure his contract to make the cap space to bring Barr back. Um, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me why you would take a very good edge rusher like Griffin, um, either ask him to take a pay cut or eventually cut him to then pay a guy a lot of money to play off-ball linebacker and he has the skill set to play edge rusher. It, 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 it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me um, as far as a prioritization of your money and resources um, as to the defense. So so that's kind of where I am. I, I, I certainly understand it from Bar's perspective, but as far as the, what the Vikings are doing, it doesn't quite click for me.
2: I, I think one of the things that might make a little sense in this is if they are bringing him back and they expect to move on from Everson Griffin for whatever reason you know there's some what i'm not going to speculate about his health but um last season was a weird one to say the least um you know that might be the way to do it like just be like okay here have some money and 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 move outside um but i i honestly have no idea because i don't pay that much attention to the vikings unless we're playing them in football
1: All right, guys. Well, I think that brings uh, brings us three and our listeners up to speed on, on the legal tampering period here. And uh, free agency hasn't even begun. Set to begin tomorrow as we record this, Wednesday, at 4 p.m. Eastern. Tex, thank you for, for joining us. Any, any closing words here for the listeners?
3: I, I now feel like I have absolutely no idea what the Packers are going to do at 12, 30, and 44, and that's kind of a fun way to go into the draft.
1: Yeah, and hopefully here sometime in the next few weeks we can get uh, someone like Justice Mosqueda or maybe uh, Jake Ogden at Seeds of Jake um, to join us and talk a little bit about what they expect the Packers to do or what they would really like the Packers to do. So uh, stay tuned for that, everybody. Um, Keep it locked in here for Ben Foldy, for Alex Patakis, who is not here today. I am Zach Rapport. Thanks again to to Tex western thanks to amber watson in new york engineering uh, with ben at the craig newmark school of journalism follow the show on twitter at the apc pod subscribe and give us a rating on itunes and uh yeah exciting stuff here in packer land so until next time go pack go